Hello and welcome to this IBR Extra, a podcast from the Iowa Business Report. I'm Jeff Stein. In the 50th edition of our program, which aired during the second weekend of December 2020, we talked with Todd McDonald, founder and president of ATW Training Solutions. The Urbandale-based company annually conducts the Iowa Trends in Talent Development Survey to help assess the needs of Iowa businesses. As with so many elements of business during the pandemic, we've learned to adapt this year, and training and employee development is no different. We looked at it and we broke it down into some key things. You know, obviously the first one on everybody's mind this year was how many people are working remotely? How are we training? How are we looking at doing that? Last year, I believe it was about 78% of the people said that they were going to have people working remotely. That jumped to 88% this year. We did this back in October. And so I was actually a little bit surprised that it wasn't almost 100% because, you know, I think we still had organizations feeling like they were going to be able to get everybody back. I don't know that there's many organizations that have 100% of the people back right now. So they, they have some working at home. But really that, that idea that you know, when you think about our workforce and that almost 90% of the companies say they have a remote workforce, that's a big issue that we've got to really look at. Because that day when you can say, okay, we're going to bring everybody into the training room Tuesday at 4 o'clock, guess what? Not everybody is around. And how are we going to deal with that? And how do you have a level playing field for everybody that's not in? with the people that are in. So there, there are some significant issues there. And that was really the second finding. The big challenges that organizations said that they were having with remote workers was converting, you know, converting all the classroom training that they do into virtual delivery. You know, everybody thinks that you can just take, well, you know, you got a three hour session there, just, just jump online and do it. That doesn't work. What you do in, in, in a face-to-face situation doesn't work when you're not face-to-face. When you do the, those valuable breakout sessions where you have people really talking to each other and discussing, now you got to have a training platform that actually allows you to have breakout sessions and things. And then you need a, a producer to do that because you know John that's on the line can't figure out how to get his microphone to work. And Susan can't get into her breakout room. And, and there's just so many things that have got to go into that virtual delivery that is different. And, and part of the big thing too, I had several of our key contacts, you know, our, a major contact for us is a, you know, an operations manager, a human resource manager, you know, a training director. They actually, you know, several of them said, you know what, you know, I, I'm looking forward to this challenge because I've been trying to talk to our organization about doing more virtual training because we have a remote workers. We've had them for years. All of the leaders in our organization said, well, you know, that virtual learning isn't any good. Well, now they've been forced into really looking at it. Face-to-face learning will continue to be an important part of what we do, but it's going to become a much smaller part of that. Because I think that, and in, in, in what the latest survey you know, showed from the Blanchards was that you know, typically about 80% of organizations said they're going to do face-to-face training. Next year, that's down to 56%. And really, even in that 56%, they're saying that's not just going to be a one and done type training session. It's going to be part of a blended solution. And that's probably the key for the greatest success is there's no one training session that's going to do everything. It's that training that is spaced out over a period of time and more micro sized nuggets. And so it could be a combination of individual led training where you're, you're giving them the tools where they can kind of learn and train themselves to some, some virtual training that they can do, and then bringing them in the classroom. We're calling it a training journey. 
that we put a path together and maybe over a six month period of time, they're coming to a couple face-to-face sessions. They're doing some virtual sessions. They're reading some books. They're doing some e-learning. It's a combination of things. So instead of sending somebody into this three-day workshop, it's going to be spread out over six months and maybe they only spend one or two hours a week on it. But in the end, that's all going to gather up and give them a better retention and a greater opportunity to apply it. It's the sort of thing where you don't take in all your food and water for one week in one day because it all is diminished as opposed to, and again, the concept that we have, you're not done learning when you get a college diploma if that's the path you take. Lifelong learning, well, it's, it's the same thing throughout the workplace. What are some of the things that the survey told you people were interested in in terms of what they should be learning in whatever manner they're using? You break it down into a couple areas. Number one, where I always start with an organization is I talk with them about what are the job-specific skills that your team members need? What is it they need? We've had some interesting things. You know, we work with a a major tire manufacturer, and so we're producing five-minute videos on how to patch nail holes and retread tires. We work with a major company that develops rubber shingles out of waste they build in those. And so we're doing 15 second little micro clips on how do you put the cap on a roof using rubber shingles because the gentleman that needs to know how to do that is standing on top of the roof and he's looking at it on his cell phone. That very job specific task specific stuff is where to start because if a person is not doing their job well and they don't have the capabilities, the skills to do that, you're going to lose them right away. And then you go into what we call essential skills. A lot of people call them soft skills. I just don't like the word soft. You know, I don't think it's soft that you're a good leader. I don't think it's soft that you provide good customer service or you communicate better or work better as a team member. I think those are essential things. So when you get into the essential skills, you know, some of the big things that came out in in our survey was, was coaching skills. And again, back to how do I as a manager coach those are reporting to me when I don't even see them? I may not see them for three months or four months, or maybe I haven't seen them for, you know, since this whole thing started, but I still need to coach them. You know, so that was an issue. Obviously, diversity and inclusion jumped in this year, and that this was a new one. We've had it in in the past. I think we've done this survey 13 years, but we haven't seen it for the last couple of years. With what's going on in the world, diversity and inclusion jumped in this year. And so I think that's something that organizations are wrestling with and, and trying to make sure that they're doing the right things career development, and especially leadership skills for the emerging leaders. I think people are starting to understand the importance of, it's not just training the leaders we currently have, but looking down one more level to looking at and saying, who are those people that we know that in probably two or three years are going to be leaders in this organization? What can we do with them right now in order to help get them prepared to do that? That takes me back to the comment that we talked about before. That's a retention issue right there. When you can go to that person, and if you were that person, Jeff, and if I went to you and said, hey, Jeff, you know what? I think you're doing a fantastic job. Give you some specific feedback and some things. And you know what? I I really think that you're going to be a big part of this organization in the future. And what we want to do is we want to commit, you know, something to you right now. We want to commit to developing you now so that you're ready when those opportunities come up in our organization. That's retention because now you know that we're putting money into developing you and you're more likely to stick around you know, with the organization. That's where I see some value in keeping some of those emerging leaders, because bottom line, we're all fighting over the same people. We're all fighting over those same people. And guess what? We're not going for your low performers. We're going for your high performers. And so what is the cost of losing that high performer when if you could have really made them feel like they're a part of the organization, they're going to be a part of that. We're going to prepare you ahead of time. 
you're going to retain those employees a lot longer than you would if you didn't do that. And it's sort of a matter they always used to say, you dress for the job you want to have, not the job you have. And it's very similar, is it not, lastly, that as opposed to guessing who might be promoted to a job and then they have to learn on the job, be trained on the job, if you can develop that talent, maybe a couple of different people that you give some of this additional training to, you make a smarter promotion decision but then they can be much more efficient, much more quickly when they do get that other job. Yep, absolutely. You know, it isn't hard to look at and say how much more successful that person is going to be going in, having be prepared for that job. You know, so you're retaining them. They're better prepared. They're going to hit the ground running. I just think there's so many valuable things that you can look at from that perspective. Todd McDonald of ATW Training Solutions based in Urbandale. More online at atwtraining.com. We spoke via Zoom on Thursday, December 3rd. A few other notes from the survey. Half of companies surveyed expect their talent development budgets to hold steady in the next year, while another 27% say those budgets may increase. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry is a supporter of the Iowa Business Report, radio program, and podcast. The Iowa Business Report airs weekly on dozens of radio stations across the state of Iowa, with the podcast posted right here every week, along with additional IBR extras and IBR business profiles. I'm Jeff Stein for the Iowa Business Report.